Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on another edition of a live Sun Solar panel. My name is Dave King, and I am one of your hosts. My co-host is Jonah Hoops. How's it going? Thanks for joining me, man. Good. Good to be here. Uh, the Al McCoy intro gets me fired up every time, so let's do it. Al's awesome. He recorded that for us years ago. <laughs> I still use it. I see that guy every every single game, and he is just just as as uh, as full of life as he's ever been. Man, he's got a long yeah. way to go. Legend he wants to cover yet another finals. That's for sure. Okay. And joining us as a special guest, a recurring special guest, uh, but not often enough for us to pay him, uh, is <laughs> is Paul Richardson of the Sports Cave PLR. How's it going, man? Happy Saturday. What's going on, gentlemen? Hey, we're doing great. We're only a week out of Christmas. Have you guys done all of your Christmas shopping already? Uh, I'm, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm I'm married, so I don't have to do that. Oh, <laughs> you're in one of the traditional ones where uh, there's there's roles and and you don't do the shopping. Is that it? No, there are roles when it comes to weddings, birthdays, Christmas. I don't buy anything. If you leave it to me, you're getting a gift card. So my wife actually takes time to buy stuff. So I've just let her. She likes to do it. I let her do it. If you ever see a gift from me, you're getting a gift card. Know it. Don't even think about <laughs> it. Like, he's got to come with a No, you're getting a gift card. You get, I know. My kids tell me it's so, so much more fun just to open a present with a gift receipt in it than I can return, even if I don't like it. It's like. Now I got the pressure of going to the store that they like to get something, even if they don't like it, and uh, make sure it's it's got enough value on it that in exchange for something they do want, um, and, you know, I've covered at least most of the cost. See, that's where. I, Visa but gift. actually, what I've done in recent years is I just like, look, kids, you're old enough. Just tell me what you want. Give me links. Let me click the link and place the order, and then you'll just act surprised on Christmas Day. That's the way. That's the way it is for us. Yeah, I've put it off, so I'm not looking forward to the the last minute shopping crowd. Oh, you wait until the last second. I made the mistake. Well, it's not a mistake. I guess uh, I did some shopping a little bit with my daughter yesterday at the Scottsdale Fashion Square, and that place was pretty busy, and it was Friday uh, at 5. So obviously a lot of people have thought, oh, we need to go to the mall. Um, it's going to be even worse today, but today I don't necessarily have to do any shopping. I'm just going, uh, because I got tickets to go see Spider-Man. 
Are you guys into the Marvel nice. movies and stuff like that? Big time. Yeah. I'll yeah. go check it out. I've you know, I haven't really heard much. I'm trying to avoid all the the spoilers, but Well, that's the thing like, is there's our time my timeline is full of people saying it's awesome. Yeah. Luckily no one's given although I've seen a couple of spoilers that I'm trying to ignore um and pretend i didn't see but basically i'm going because i know spoilers are going to show up because some someone's going to get on the on twitter and they're going to say i have waited long enough if you haven't seen it yet it's your own fault and then they give give a spoiler and uh for now people are cool they're like saying if you want to talk about the movie just dm me but that's going to stop soon enough people do not have any patience in the world these days i have a 10 year old that loves spider-man so School's out now, so we can go in the middle of the week when there's not crazy long lines and just go in and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about the fashion square is <laughs> is the reserved seats. So I don't have to worry about, psh, I already got the receipt. I already got the seat. I just got to show up right as the movie starts and take my seat and re- recline and, and enjoy it. Um, uh, it's not like the old days where you had to go to a movie theater um, early enough to get the seats you want and then sit there and wait for the movie to start for 20 minutes or something like that, unless you wanted the, the crappy seats. So um, I'm, I've got the, I've got the convenient version of, of going to movies these days. Like most of us do actually most theaters now are reserved seats. Oh, reserve, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, Hey, that was a fun conversation. None of us have seen it good. So we're not going to give any spoilers to anybody, uh, any, anyone here, in the chat all 18 of you so far uh and don't put any spoilers in the comments or i'll have to ban you from the show peter parker spider-man uh all right so today we are talking about the what's that i said peter parker is spider-man peter parker is spider-man is that a spoiler Spoiler. No, he's not. Ruined it Did you me. spoil that? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've been reading Spider-Man comics since I was a kid, which, yes, they did have color print back then. And um, I've been reading those comics uh, comics since he was. And I think the uh, the current um, uh, whatever the heck his name is, I just completely forgot. Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man they've they've cast so far. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what a. Uh, what what comes to pass on that movie all right enough on spider-man you guys came here to talk about the phoenix suns didn't you let's talk about the phoenix suns i was just on here a couple of days ago talking about the phoenix suns and now i'm going to come up come on again and talk about them uh because we really really love talking about this team it's one of the best teams that we've ever seen in the valley and there's always something new to talk about so on today's show let me just go through give you guys a heads up on what's coming we're going to quickly recap the past week of games and and talk about our general observations from those games then we're going to go through a true or false a series of quick questions that zona is going to lead that um we're going to be talking about uh, some quick true or false this this or that then we're going to talk about deandre ayton and his rise as an offensive player that is really, really nice to see and very necessary for the Suns. And then finally, we're going to preview the upcoming week of games that uh, culminates with, no, we are not going to be recording next Saturday on Christmas morning. I have other things to do. Uh, but it culminates on the Suns playing the Warriors on Christmas Day, the most uh, exciting regular season game that the Suns will have played in the last decade. So that's our show for today. You guys excited? 
Let's do it. Always. Now you guys have so much energy. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can contain you guys. Can you please just calm down long enough for me to be able to do this show? I'd really appreciate it. Um, all right, let's jump into the first <laughs> section. I'm going to get you guys talking because I've done enough talking already. Uh, PLR, the Suns lost to the Clippers on Monday night. What's your takeaway from that? Is that something we should be worried about? That's a, you know, uh, that's a, you know, what game they, they got them. It sons were off. They were on, it was kind of an oddly placed road game. And I, I'm, I kind of treat basketball as so much different than football. You know, in football, a team could be 12 and 0, they lose once and everyone's like, Oh crap. They're, they're not as good as we thought they were They're when it comes to basketball, I always say there's always going to be one every one or two weeks where you just don't have it. You're missing players and they're not, and you got them last time. And I, I just chalk that up to that one. That's really not a, a, a indicative of who the Suns are. I just don't think it was their night. And I know that sounds like almost like I'm letting them off the hook, but in basketball, there's nights where it's just not your night. Shots aren't falling for you. Shots that they hit, that they make, that they're making. You got a inspired Morris senior shooting the ball again against the Suns, and I it just wasn't their night. That's kind of what I chalk it up to. Yeah, Zona, what do you? What's your take? I totally agree. I think it's it's going to happen throughout the regular season. There's going to be some hiccups, and that's just what that was. Nothing to panic over. I mean, they're twenty three and five, and they've had uh, eight and miss stretch of games. Booker misses stretch of games. So, uh, yeah, it's it's nothing to to worry about or look too much into. It's just something that's going to happen throughout the the course of the regular season. And uh, it's their first time playing the Clippers too since the the playoffs. So I'm sure they probably wanted some revenge as well. Yeah, the Clippers were short people too. I mean, they didn't yeah. play Paul George. They didn't play obviously Kawhi Leonard's out for the season. Uh, there's still no talk about whether he could come back at some point during the year. And he's historically played it really really safe. He signed a long-term contract with this knee injury. That tells me he's not going to be pushing really hard to come back and play this year. Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers I'm talking about uh, because he had been doing a series and all those stars have been doing a series of one and one contracts so that they can get a new max number because the cap goes up every year, every summer. But Kawhi Leonard suddenly says, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll do a long-term contract, which tells me He's not going to try to play. But Paul George was out as well, leaving the Clippers with kind of a ragtag band of players too. The Suns were without DeAndre Ayton, as well as almost every other center on the roster except JaVale McGee, and um, as well as every other center on the roster except JaVale McGee. And they were out, obviously, Devin Booker, who's been out for a hamstring injury the last couple of weeks. So the Suns and the Suns, I mean, have won so many games this year. You're going to have a down game, just as you guys say. So I really think that uh, uh, that is just one of those gotcha games. Uh, the Suns weren't ready. The Clippers were ready, and they and they, and they took advantage, and that's, that's fine. Those games happen. Uh, the next game was the very next night. They, they left L.A. They flew to Portland. They got into Portland around 4.30 in the morning or something like that, something crazy like that got to sleep anyway at uh, uh, not not earlier than four or five and they played in Portland same deficit of players except DA, DA came back DeAndre Ayton came back we're going to talk about him later in the 
in the show. So I'm, we're not going to go into a lot of depth on what DA did for the Suns in the Portland game. But he and Chris Paul uh, were very focused and, and wanting to get that win for the Suns so they wouldn't lose on a back-to-back. Zona, what other takeaways might you have for that game? Uh, it was definitely a reassuring game after you know the, the Clippers game to come back that strong on the next night uh, on the road against a team that's been struggling and they, they really wanted that one, Portland did. So uh, it was an impressive win and they definitely needed Aiton back, I think, uh, as we, we saw him and Chris Paul just kind of took over that game at key moments. And, and yeah, just kind of uh, reassured that they're who we thought they were uh, after that Clippers loss. So uh, yeah, just impressive win and really gutty performance on the road. Yeah, PLR. You know what? I think that's the sign of a good team, to, to be honest with you. You lose a game that deep down, even though, you know, it was the Clippers night, I'm sure the Suns felt that was a game they should win. And so what do you do the next night with more adversity, you know, back-to-back, on the road, and you come in and you beat a team that's that's reeling, and you and you go ahead and you knock them out of their misery. And I, Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't think Portland's really the team. I think they have good names. I don't think they're a good team. And no. the Suns find a way to take advantage of that and 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 win that game. And that's what good teams are supposed to do. So um, that that showed me more than if it was the other way around. So if they had went into L.A. and beat the Clippers second, it would have been easy to say, um, wow, you know, they, they won the – they lost the second leg of the back-to-back. Don't worry about it because it was the second leg of the back-to-back. They actually did it the reverse way. Good teams do it the reverse way. So I, I love the way that that they they put them out. You're on mute, Dave. Dave. That was Sorry. his best point too. That was my. I, now I forgot it. Now I can't even. Come <laughs> my two big takeaways from the game, um, and we're going to talk about Da later. So that's a big one as well. But uh, Chris Paul decided the Suns were not going to lose the second game of a back-to-back. 36-year-old Chris Paul came in, and while his his stats did not jump off the page, he had his normal stat line, uh, he just decided the Suns were not going to lose this. He was doing uh, so many things on the court to force the action and to get everybody going and getting his his pick-and-roll partner, D.A., going offensively uh, really set the tone. And what I, what I thought is – so you've got teams like the Clippers had not been doing well lately. The Blazers had not been doing well lately. And the game that we'll talk about in just a second, the Wizards had not been doing well lately. Well, the Blazers are the team that showed up to actually get a win in that Tuesday night game. They really played well. Dame played really well. Uh, and I, I thought the Suns did a great job of weathering the storm of the Motor Center crowd um, or whatever they're called these days. It's Moda Center, I think. It used to be Rose Garden. And then weathering that storm and and willing themselves to a victory. They were down uh, 89-83 at one point in the fourth quarter uh, before they came back and actually won that game in the clutch. So they showed off their clutch gene as well. They're now 12-1 and in the clutch on the year. 12-1. and That's crazy. And that's Chris Paul. And yeah, some people call them crazy, and you might as well. Now, I want to point. I want us to talk about now one of the developments that did not get a lot of press in that game was that Mikkel Bridges did not play a lot at the very end of the fourth quarter and the beginning of the 
and the, and the overtime until toward the end of the overtime. Um, what the Suns, what Monty did instead was he played campaign out there and Cam Johnson on the wings next to Chris Paul and DA and Jay Crowder. What did you guys think of that closing lineup? And do you have any, and Mikel played the next game. He's not hurt. What do you think happened there? Zona go. I think it was just minute management. Like uh, Mikel's played some heavy minutes already this season and, you know, chasing Dame around for 40 plus minutes is just, you know, it doesn't sound very fun. So I think Monty, if anything, Monty just wanted to kind of experiment with something and see if it would work and uh, also give Mikel some rest. Uh, because it's a long season and you can't have your, like one of your most important players just, you know, run into the ground by the time the, the playoffs start. So even though he's young, uh, you know, you don't want him playing 40 plus minutes every single night, especially in the role that he's playing, uh, which is, you know, picking up 94 feet, you know, running through screens, you know, taking those hits like night in, night out. So it's not, nothing crazy. I don't think it's like a something he's going to do in games that matter down the stretch, but it's just something that I think uh, could save Mikel some, you know, some minutes. PLR? Any sometimes if you have, I mean, yeah, sometimes if you have a formula and it's working, let it work. I mean, if you can rest Mikel and try something, let it work. There, there's, you, you know, it's kind of funny because I think fans get caught up with that more than coaches and players. If you have five on the floor and that five's working, players are like, hey, we're good. We're winning. If you're a team player, you're like, we're good. We're winning. Let's roll with it. I'm fine. Let, let my brother do his work. I think I think sometimes on the sideline, we're like, hey, we haven't seen so-and-so. I mean, it's that happened in the game earlier with Devin. Um, I, don't, I don't remember what game, but he usually comes in at a certain point in the fourth quarter, and Monty held him out like an extra four minutes, and Twitter's like, oh, Devin's not in the game. Where's Devin? Well, th- it was working. And at the end of the game, I, I forget who asked the question in the room, but he was like, it, it was working. So we brought him back later, and I think sometimes we get more caught up in that than – the coach and the, and the player, and this is, you know, a 728 to go. This is when I sub him in. Well, if the person in the spot is cooking, let him cook. Don't there, – there's no need for the change. So I, I don't think it was a big deal at all what, what they were doing was working. Yeah, you know, I uh, what Monty mentioned at the end of that game, a couple of things came up in passing because obviously the coach is not going to directly address anything if there's a problem, right? Uh, but – one thing that he did mention, Monty mentioned, is that Mikel was getting tired. And what happens is you're running through dozens of picks a minute, basically, uh, all the way throughout the game, because that's what the Blazers do is they set picks like crazy for Dame to get him open. And so Mikel was going through a lot of physical play through in that game. And he was getting tired, and they saw that Dame was going off a little bit early in the fourth quarter, and and they they just saw that it was it was a bad it was you know it was a bad series of of minutes, and so they gave Mikel a rest, and they saw that it started working. The other thing that happened is that Chris Paul started taking more of an assignment on Dame Lillard because he talked about after the game he used to cover Dame Lillard when he was younger all the time, uh, and. Uh, Lately, the Suns have not had Chris Paul playing the other team's best offensive player because they've got Mikel Bridges and they want to get length on those guys like Cam Johnson and guys like that just to disrupt them. So a couple of combination of things. Chris Paul probably said, let me take Dame. And second, um, Mikel was looking tired. 
And third, Cam Johnson's been making a ton of shots lately, and he's been he's been clutch. And then fourth, Monty also said that he needed a second ball handler out there in campaign that could bring the ball up, start the offense, attack the defense, uh, and uh, because Chris Paul was getting trapped. So those all those things conspired to have Mikel miss a couple of minutes in the fourth and the and the and the overtime. But it is weird. <clears throat> we all admit it's weird. And Mikel is most often going to be out there. But in this game, it looked like uh, they really needed um, a second ball handler because Devin Booker's been out. So they had to put campaign in there. And then Cam Johnson's been playing well. So that's, that was an interesting development and something I don't think we should worry too much about. But it is something to, to, to watch if, if, there's a, if there's a continuing issue. Now, the, uh, the, the third game, real quick, we'll just cover is the, um, is the Wizards game that happened on Thursday night. And basically, the Wizards came in and played like a team that had lost 82 games in a row. I don't know. They, they just looked like they weren't there to play. And the Suns decided they were just going to win the game. And Chris Paul, once again, took over. In this, in this time, he took over in the first half and <clears throat> beat them into submission mentally. And then the second half wasn't even a contest. Uh, the Suns won by 20. They were leading by 20 most of the game. Uh, so uh, do you guys have any uh, special comments about that game? Or is that kind of the opposite of the Monday game where it's a throwaway? Wizards <laughs> suck. Good I mean, they started the year with smoke and mirrors and people caught on quick. They're just not a good team. And good teams beat bad teams at home, and they beat them convincingly. And that's I, – I, I know I simplify things sometime, and I don't, like, break it down in a certain way. But when the Wizards come to town, you at, at, at where the Suns are, they that should be a circle game. Let's, let's get them. Let's rest our guys. Let's save legs. Let's save minutes. And, and to me, that's what they did. Good teams beat bad teams, and the Wizards are a bad team. And the Wizards yeah. are a bad the, team, yeah. The simple way to put it is like Washington just looked disorganized and the Suns looked organized, and that's pretty much the difference right there. It's just, uh, you know, they looked very bad, and the Suns took advantage of that early. Uh, Chris Paul picking up three fouls on uh, Aaron Holiday right off the bat was hilarious because Holiday was trying to pick him up full court, and you just kind of <laughs> saw the smirk on Chris Paul's face. He's like, this guy's not going to guard me, so – Got him in foul trouble, and from there, just you know, him and Aiden were just feasting again. Uh, 24 minutes played for both of them, so that's definitely ideal. Uh, you know, this to get those wins where you could rest your stars, too. Yeah, in that game, man, DA had a great stretch toward the end of the second quarter to basically put up the Suns, put the Suns up for good. Uh, they were kind of scuttling there, scuffling, I mean, in the second quarter and let the Wizards hang around. And then just suddenly D.A. had like four straight scores after after um, uh, Chris Paul had made a couple of shots, too. And suddenly the game was out of reach. So that was a great series and great, great really nice to see D.A. make an impact offensively in the game because he usually makes his defensive impact. It's nice to see him uh, put both of those two together into one series. So that's the recap. Suns won uh, one, two, and lost one in this past week. At the end of the show, we're going to preview the upcoming games where they have four new games. This next section, I'd like to turn it over to Zona. I shared you the show notes. Did you get those open? Please? Yeah, got them ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I queued you up, Zona, with uh, four true or false questions that you're going to ask us and ask yourself. And we're going to ask the, the chatters as well. 
the ballers in the chat. I'd like you guys to be answering these questions with true or false and add your takes. And we'll be sharing those takes on the, on the show. Zona, you're going to run this so I can be our producer for a little bit. Go right that sounds good. <laughs> All right. So the first question, true or false, the NBA will suspend the season at some point. We'll start with uh, Dave and then go over to PLR. Yeah, so we got dozens of COVID announcements yesterday, dozens across all the NBA. The NBA owners and the uh, players union are right now negotiating whether to expand rosters beyond the 15 so that we the, the teams can. The thing is, there's no other NBA players just sitting out there waiting to play. I mean, if Isaiah Thomas is your next best non-NBA player, that's that's going to be tough. That's rough. But what that also tells me is that the owners have no interest in ever suspending the season again. And they're not going to even suspend individual plays, uh, games, excuse me, if they don't have to. So um, the minimum number of players is either eight or nine on a team to be available for a game. And uh, the owners are going to do everything they can to make sure that those eight or nine, that there are eight or nine players with the uniform on ready to play in a game. And there isn't going to be any suspension. So my take is there isn't going to be any suspension, good or bad, of the season. And in fact, most, almost no games will be. They'd rather get the loss and sell the tickets than cancel the games. So that's that's my take. I think it's false. There there, there will not be a suspension of the season. Uh, what do you think, PLR? Yet, no, hell no. Not happening. No chance. The, the owners are not suspending anything they are getting their money if they have to move games elongate the season whatever they are not stopping games there's something that's happening and i did not want to be right about this and i believe it's going to happen do you remember dave you have a great beard so you're going to go with me on this one back in the day when they would say guys played with flu-like symptoms well about a year and a half ago i said you know what there's going to come a time where if someone isn't coughing or someone isn't sneezing and they're asymptomatic, we're going to get, they played with COVID-like symptoms. The day is coming, gentlemen, not just in the NBA and the NFL and NHL and MLB. If you have your, if you're vaccinated and you've taken your boosters and you're asymptomatic, you are going to roll out and play. That will happen before they suspend games. I don't want that to happen but that will happen. You'll see guys out there asymptomatic playing basketball. So no, to to answer the question, they will not cancel the season. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think there's too much money involved and the owners aren't going to like, we'll we'll probably see some more games postponed, but they're, they're definitely not going to pause the season or anything like that. Uh, I think it's just kind of this, this winter stretch. Like they kind of knew that they're going to have to like ride out the storm. So once we get past this, hopefully, it's not as crazy as it has been uh, the last week or so. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, absolutely they're not going to suspend. Uh, they might. They're not even going to limit number of fans in the arenas. I know that there's at least one team that's limiting capacity, um, but that's that's last that's the last resort it's as well. Uh, Toronto, so Canada. I know they have different. Okay. Laws going yeah. Yeah. There. America, we don't do that. Uh, so yeah, those those Torontoans. Um, okay. So then the big word hog does say NBA teams need to get more strict on mask wearing. That's absolutely true. We got 20,000 people in the arena and maybe five of them are wearing masks. 
Um, so definitely, I think that's true. I know for the Suns, they require all media and employees to wear a mask the whole time. So I've been in a mask the whole time, but the fans are not. So they'll probably get more strict like that. They'll probably reinstitute the uh, you got to pass the do the clear pass thing. They might even want um, people to show vaccinations at some point, but they're not going to restrict ticket sales. I don't believe, and they're not going to um, cancel games if they don't have to. So <clears throat> that's definitely Dave. Uh, that's definitely Dave, I'm issue. sorry. I'm sorry. Real quick, they're not going to do that. I think you're um, being very optimistic. If I who's going to tell dude with six beers in what usher is going to walk up to him and say, Hey, put your mask back on. They're, they're not because they're not going to want that altercation. Even at games today, if you go in, I know my son and I went as a, as a fan to a game and they said, you got to have a mask to go in. Well, as soon as we walked in, everybody around us took their mask off and no one said anything. So it was like a mask to walk through the door and then they're off. I just don't believe they have the manpower or the 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 want for confrontation to to do that and and I, I, look I'm well, all no, for but they can, what they can do though is they can step up the requests to put them on they can um, have the ushers at least gesture to put the mask on and ninety percent of the people will listen sure the dude six beers in who doesn't believe in wearing the mask or is just I can't breathe I can't breathe you know that kind of thing. Um, they won't be able to enforce that. They probably won't kick people out, but I think they can be more aggressive on, on at least asking people not just to enter because they, a lot of arenas do say that got to have a mask to walk through the doors. Okay, great. Then you rip it off. Like you just said, uh, they can, there can be a little bit more aggression there. I'm just saying that they're not going to, there's not going to be a cancellation of the season. That's all, or a suspension or anything like that. All right. To transition from that true or false. Number two. Uh, related to that, do you think the Suns Christmas Day game is in any jeopardy? We'll start with PLR on this one. So I, go ahead. Um, only if there's a massive outbreak. I think all the games on Christmas Day would fall under the same, you know, thing that it would be Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday. As long as there's no massive outbreak, they're going to try to get that game in. It's it's Christmas yeah. Day. But if they have to play those games, <clears throat> excuse me, in a perpetual bubble, they don't want to miss that revenue and those guys. So uh, the Suns are, are the team. The Warriors are the team. Hell, they bumped the the LeBron off of Friday for Warrior Suns. Yeah. So they definitely want to get this game in. Yeah, I think regarding now, Richard uh, Richard in the chat says, uh, no, unless there are not enough stars in COVID cases. Here's the thing. <laughs> that game, Sun versus Warriors, and all the other games on Christmas Day are going to be broadcast, period. If we're seeing Chandler Hutchison starting at small forward for the Suns in the game, we'll see that. If they have to sign some guys off the street, like uh, another team just signed four different players to hardship exceptions for 10-day contracts, That'll happen. You may not see the Suns you're used to or the Warriors you're used to, if they, even if there's COVID break, COVID outbreaks, but you will see those two teams play on Christmas Day. And it's going to happen because revenue is revenue. Ticket sales are ticket sales. They're going to have that game. I put it on the uh, true or false list because there's a, you know, there's a worry that, okay, the NBA won't suspend the season, but uh, any individual games might be suspended like the Bulls last week. 
even the Bulls are not going to be suspending games anymore. They're just going to have a bunch of guys off the street. Dude, look up, look, go to the suns.com and mm-hmm. see if they're actually putting an application on the, on their website for signing up for, for tryouts. If you, if you play basketball, if you play at the Y at the weekend, there's a chance you'll be able to put on a Suns uniform this year. I'm making this up. Please don't believe me. But you can check just in case they're doing a, an open tryouts some Saturday, not for the G League team, but for the Suns team to play that night against another team who might be doing this. is This could be scrub season. Who knows? And you know what? There's never been a better day to be a scrub. So Look, watch out, see if teams are doing applications for open tryouts. You may get a chance to play in a Suns uniform this year. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you guys. Don't see it happening. Uh, we might need to get Jared Jack out of retirement and uh, suit up for the Suns if that's what it takes for them. To, yes, uh, I think we're players. more Jared Jack in uniform than the Suns not playing. That's a good point. Yeah, so I think the, all those games on Christmas Day, they'll they'll find a way. They don't care if it's you know, 8v8 and they're, you know, signing G-leaguers to 10 days to make it happen. I think mm-hmm. it's it's inevitable. Yep. All right. Brandon Knight's still three. out there. Oh, God. Brandon Knight. <laughs> hey, a lot of former sons are still out there. Dragon Bender is a bailout. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Childress. okay, okay. So I think, I think Marquise Chris is on the Blazers. He just doesn't play, I think. Could be wrong, but uh, would you would you bring Dragon Bender back to play with the Suns <clears throat> or over uh, putting Jared Jack in a uniform? <laughs> Let's do that. One night only. Uh, One night only. The reunion tour. <laughs> One night only. The reunion <laughs> tour. Brandon Knight, Childress, bring the old school guys back. Marquise Chris, Bender. Let's get them all together. One night. Oh wow, Josh Childress too. Hey, yeah, let's let's do it. Tyler Ulis, someone in the chat. Tyler Ulis, Jim Rose says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alec Peters, Iverson blog says. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Archie Goodwin, <laughs> Mark Bryant. Hey, Mark. Okay, before the game the other day, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen or heard or what, but DeAndre Ayton uh, tries to make a half court underhand shot right? Two hand underhand shot from half court. And most times he actually makes the shot from half court. That's it's, it's actually pretty cool. Um, and fans get all excited and they cheer. Guess what happened right after he made the shot the other night, Mark Bryant made a corner three son's assistant coach, 45 year old. I don't know how old he is. Uh, Mark Bryant made a corner three, put him in uniform. He won't be able to run up and down the court. He might have to make it a half court game. No offense to Mark Bryant, but running with the Wolves on, on in the NBA might be difficult. Uh, but man, he would be great in hockey in hockey substitution patterns, where he could just stay on one side and just sub out, um, uh, you know, before as the guys are running down the court. That'd be great. Thunder Dan's available. He doesn't play for uh, he doesn't coach GCU anymore. I don't think he's got the coaching job right now. So Thunder Dan, Marching Gortat, this Tom is Chambers. Awesome. Tom Chambers is <laughs> he can come off the boot. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Johnson, Eddie Johnson, just pull the heads off. I'll yeah, bet you Eddie Johnson could still still score fifteen points in a game if he had the chances. <laughs> we should sign uh, Ray Allen to a ten day contract so he can try to get that that record back. Season as a spot up shooter. Hey, nothing personal, there with Fabio. Go. No, not Mirza Toledovic because he once again had to retire from 
MBA for the uh, for the heart issues or the I don't know what that what the issues were, but they're like sudden attack issues, and I don't think the Suns want to see that happen. Um, Brophy is full of elite athletes, so says Jay. We could just recruit right out of high school. There you go. Um, ASU has some players they can sign to 10 day. Con- we got lots of options. Alvin Adams. Yeah. He still works for the Suns. He could put on a uniform as well. All right. We're having fun with this one. This, this should have been a whole segment <laughs> of who all the Suns could sign to fill out their roster for Christmas day games. We could put a, we could put bets out there on, on, um, that'd be, that'd be hilarious if the Suns had to do something like that. All right. What do we got for next question there on true or false? All right, question number three, uh, Booker will play on Christmas Day. Start with Dave. So Booker has started to do a little bit more on-court work as far as uh, uh, practicing shooting and stuff like that. As, as uh, campaign missed a couple of weeks earlier this year, and he was, uh, he was asked about that, about returning and how the Suns go about the return. And basically, they want to go an extra week beyond you feeling anything. And they want to make sure you can do every single move. Like he said, in his case, um, it was in practice being able to pick up 94 feet on defense and not worry about his hamstring. For Devin Booker, it might be something else, uh, campaign said. It could be a special move that he makes on offense or or whatever it is. But there's something that Devin Booker has to feel good about and the Suns have to feel good about for him to be cleared. Now, that's a whole nother week. And he's already been out two and a half weeks. So I kind of feel like it's Christmas Day and he's going to want to be out there. That might be his return game. What do you think, PLR? Have you guys ever bought someone a gift for Christmas, but they don't get it until the week after, but you have like the coupon for it? So it's yeah. on order, but it's not coming. So you know you have the gift, but you're not getting it. So it's not the same feeling. This is Christmas Day. Bright star, bright stage. He is a star of the team. He is the face of the Valley. He will be playing if at all possible. There won't be a wait a week. It'll, it could be limited minutes, but he is the gift that's being given by the Suns. They don't want a coupon saying Devin is with the team. Excuse me. He'll play next week. They want to open the gift on Christmas day. He is the gift on Christmas day. (laughs) Hey man, there's a lot of women out there who would agree with that. Um, yeah, and I heard uh, Iverson <laughs> blog says he heard he might come back Tuesday against L.A. That's possible. Uh, he might not want Christmas to be his very, very first game. But uh, Monty was very clear that he had not done a ton of out on-court work yet as of Thursday's game against the Wizards. So that'll have to be a quick ramp up. And then Monty also said that you've got to get yourself back into NBA shape. There's There's good shape. There's great shape, and then there's NBA shape, and he's going to have to get back into that so he doesn't re-injure something because you don't want to injure something else because you came back too early. However, right. uh, Devin Booker keeps himself in great shape, and he might, yeah, if he comes back Tuesday, great. Um, I think there's probably a 100% chance Devin Booker shows up in that game and plays at least a few minutes for sure. Now, we did hear that Clay Thompson will not be back, so the Warriors are the same Warriors we've seen all year, who also are tied with the Suns for the best record in the NBA. That's going to be a great Christmas game. We'll do a little bit more preview later in the show on that one, but I think uh, I think definitely Booker plays. What do you think, Zona? Yeah, I think he will. Uh, you know, it's just, it takes me back to like opening night. I think it was a couple of years ago when he had that hand injury, and everyone was speculating like he had no training camp, um, and then 
all of a sudden he ramps it up and he's ready to go because it's opening night and he's, he doesn't want to miss that game. So I think, you know, take that times 10 for his first Christmas day game. He's going to want to be out there. There's, you know, he'd have to like re-injure himself or like have a setback for that to, to not happen. So I, I don't see any chance that he's not out there as long as he continues on this path and hopefully he can get a game in before that to kind of like rehearse a little bit before he gets on that big stage. But yeah, I think, I think he'll be back out there for sure. All right, what do we got? We got one more question, or is that it? Yep. Uh, and the last one, true or false, the Suns will have the best record in the NBA on January 1st. We'll start with Dave on this one. Well, that requires them to beat the Warriors on Christmas Day. Now, what people are remembering is that the Suns lost to the Warriors on that Friday night in that second game when Steph made some shots. Uh, however, that was also a second night of a back-to-back on the road for the Suns. When the Suns were rested, they beat the Warriors three days earlier. And uh, we get to find out on Christmas Day, which game is more indicative of Suns versus Warriors? Was it the Tuesday one where both teams were rested and uh, it was Suns at home, which is also today, Suns are going to be at home. Um, or is it is it more indicative that Friday night game where the Warriors kind of eventually ran over the Suns like they run over all the other teams they've been playing this year? The Warriors are leading the league in uh, point margin because they're blowing teams out in the third quarter and they're shooting like crazy and Steph is MVP caliber. Um, so we will find out on Christmas Day what what game is more more uh, indicative of what we're going to see if we if we had a series Suns versus Warriors. One thing that uh, got noticed on Sun's Twitter because it was shared around but uh, was not really talked about in larger forums, and I don't even think we covered it on Brightside, was in in uh, possessions defended directly by Mikkel Bridges, in, uh, Steph Curry still did not make a shot Friday night. Even though he had a much better game Friday night, he had scored 23 points of that one Suns Warriors game where the Warriors won by almost 20 or maybe it was 21 actually. Uh, the um, uh, Steph Curry scored, but it was against other defenders. Mikel still held him without a field goal in the Friday night game. And I think he made one field goal between the two games against, against Mikel. That's insane. Yeah. I, I don't think that's sustainable. Uh, Steph's going to get his, but it's still just crazy that he even kept him in Mikel jail that long what do you think plr um are the suns gonna have the best record in the nba on january 1 you're gonna kill me for this answer i don't think it matters um i i want to answer yes or false man you can't just not answer i can't i can't go all political on this (laughs) um no false they will they will not um uh, or yeah, true, they will. I, I don't know. I, here, here's why. Because when they play, I'm curious about. Here's why I'm curious about the game because the Warriors have guys in protocol. So if they get guys out of protocol, I think it'll be more of a of a, mm. a of, of a possibility. I mean, they're missing. They're not just missing like guys at the end of the bench. They're missing Jordan Poole and guys that can actually play. And beating up on the Celtics without those guys are a lot is a lot different than coming to beat the sun. So um, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll hedge it. If they don't have their full roster, yes, the Suns will have the best record. If they do have their full roster, then I think it'll be questionable um, for either team. So uh, let me let me say true for now. 
Okay, at this point, let's just take a quick break and talk about our friends at DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. you got to do this. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win 100 bucks in free bets. It's that simple. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code TBPN, that's TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score, any team at all, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. All right, let's start our next section. The next section is I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, what's been a frustrating thing for a lot of fans over the past three years is that Ayton is not doing the kind of offense they want to see. Um, the guy averaged 18 points a game as a rookie, a 20-year-old rookie. He averaged 16 points a game, then 14 points a game. The, his points per game have gone down, but the Suns winning has gone up and and all that. We all know how he sacrificed last year in in scoring uh, for, the, for the Suns to help them advance all the way to the NBA Finals. This year, his scoring is up again, and he had a great week actually uh since returning from his from the uh, he actually had the flu over past weekend and since returning from that and a little bit of signs before that he's had a great week of being a real facilitator in the short pick and roll and uh, it's just amazing like he says he's picking up things from frank kaminsky on being able to pass on on the on the quick pass on on the pick and roll catching it around the th- uh, free throw line and deciding what to do from there driving forward into guys um, and with the dribble. He's actually using the dribble a lot more. And then you've got, um, he's also getting really good at post-ups against smaller guys or even guys his size, like Yusuf Nurkic, uh, turning around and doing a one-handed flip shot into, into the basket. He's got some really great touch there. So these are new offensive wrinkles for him. Uh, he uh, spearheaded the Suns' win on Tuesday night when he came back from the flu against Portland. He had 28 points, a season high. And then on Thursday night against the Wizards, uh, the Suns didn't need any of their starters for the second half because the Wizards are so bad. Uh, but he had a series. He scored nine points in the last couple of minutes of the second quarter that just dominated um, every possession. And uh, he's, he's, he's just been really turning on. That nine points doesn't sound like a lot, but in the span of four possessions, he had nine points with an and one in there. That's pretty darn good. So uh, tell um, PLR, let's start with you. Tell us what you've been seeing from DA and whether you think this is a sign of things to come or if it's just a, hey, that was nice. Now he's going back to his old ways. You know, when it comes to big men, young big men, their development is all, especially in today's NBA, um, because old school, you just wanted your big man to go down low and just do what they do get rough, get tough, rebound, get easy baskets. Nowadays, I, I, I like the way they've brought him along slowly. Um, it, it takes time. 
And so I, I was, I'm one of those guys that have preached that they should have drafted DA from the beginning over Luke. I was hard on that bandwagon. And so I, I like the way he's developing under, under Mark Bryan and Monty. He's learning how to shoot more, no more fadeaways. We rarely see the catchaway, which I think is just beautiful because that irritated the hell out of me watching him fade from the basket. He's developing low post moves. A lot of that just comes with footwork. And you don't know that as a 20-year-old down at that school in Tucson. So you you have to mature. And I, I like the way he's maturing into a basketball player. I, I, I think you guys have always heard the term, this guy's going to be good when he learns how to play. And a lot of people say, well, they're in the NBA. They already know how to play. No, 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 no. You have to learn how to play in the NBA. And it takes time. And I love the way I'm, I'm watching some of those, those highlights. I just, I like, I like the way DeAndre plays. He can guard on pick and rolls, which a lot of big men can't do that. Offensively, he can get down on a post. If you leave him open from 15 feet, that's an easy shot, as he calls it. My midi is a layup. I, I love the way he plays basketball and I love the maturation. I just, he's just one of my guys. I just, maybe I'm looking at it from the wrong glasses, but I, I'm good with everything that's going on with him except fadeaways. When I see that fadeaway, I, I just want to take a towel and just throw it on the floor and go like, dude, don't fade away. Go at him. But other than that, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm liking what DA's doing. What are you, Burgess Meredith in an old Rocky film throwing the towel? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just like. I mean, I understand that big men just move slower. They I, look. Remember, uh, what's my man in Denver? He didn't come out and just be a MVP candidate the first year. It took him two, three years to Jokic to to mature. It, it, big men are different. They don't just have the ball and shoot threes left and right. If you want a true big man, they have to develop. I love it. What do you think, Zona? Yeah, no, he's, he's been really impressive. And I think, you know, he's someone I followed back, dating back to Arizona uh, in the draft process as well. And I think in a way, looking back, them playing him out of position as a power forward has helped him because he was forced to guard on the perimeter. Um, obviously, that only works if you have a coach that can give you confidence to be that defensive anchor and teach you uh, how to be a dominant center uh, defensively, which, you know, he's had in Monty Williams and and I'll give uh, I'll even give Igor Kokoskov some credit because he one of the first things he said about Aiden was like that he has a chance to be a, a star defensively and a, you know one of the best defensive players in the league. So he tried to build him from the ground up, and at the moment in time it seemed crazy, but you know just the progression he's made um, guarding on the perimeter and while also you know uh, defending at the rim at a pretty high level has been awesome and. In the modern NBA, that's, there's not too many centers that can do that. So, um, also in the last six games without Booker, in five and a half of those, he's averaged uh, 20 and 10 with two and a half assists on 58% shooting. So, really stepping up without Booker and getting to the line a lot more, too. I think he's averaging like five attempts per game in that stretch. So, yeah, I think right now they're, he's stepping up when they need him to with Book out. So, overall, just you know, taking a look at where he's come from as a rookie and just the, the progress he's made. Uh, it's insane. It, it's harder for us to see it because like we're 
there every day watching it happen. But if you just looked at from where he was as a rookie to like where he is right now, it's just a completely transformed player. And just he's just so mature now. Yeah, Long John Silver in the chat comments that <clears throat> he took something from every other center we had. And I did, I wrote an article the other day about that and made a similar comment. So great minds think alike. Uh, from Aaron Baines, uh, he learned how to set screens and be vocal on defense. Uh, he was very quiet on defense and didn't do a, uh, didn't do a whole lot on defense as a rookie. His second year, he got Aaron Baines as his as his uh, mentor, basically. And Baines also was the, one of the first to help Monty instill the every play matters, every game matters, every every possession matters. Um, but the biggest things he got from Aaron Baines were being vocal on defense, being loud and um, taking ownership of that, and then uh, screen setting. Then from Frank Kaminsky, he's learned how to be more of a passer. He's learned to appreciate that high post, uh, short roll passing that Frank Kaminsky is pretty good at. And then uh, from DeVale McGee, he's learning how to finish a little bit better with a little bit more force, how you can do it in traffic. Uh, the Suns had not had a guy when Aiden's been in learning mode uh, that that can finish like that on the roll and uh, finish at the rim in traffic. And I think he's learned that from JaVale McGee as well. So he has learned a lot from his backup centers uh, that uh, that is just a good sign because he just turned 23 this offseason. He's got a long career ahead of him and he wants to play for the Suns. And the fact that he's been able to put behind him all this contract talk and just focus on what he's doing right now with the Phoenix Suns, I think it's just been incredible, uh, and uh, it's really fun to watch. And I think that does make them a lot more dangerous uh, for the rest of the year and into the playoffs. I was showing, I want to give credit to, while uh, PLR and Zona were talking, I was showing uh, – Jackson Frank is a great, great follow on Twitter. Uh, he, I was showing his his mashup of all of DA's offense in that Portland game where he showed basically every trick in the bag that he's developed. And he just looked really good doing it. He passing some short rolls, some turnaround hooks. All that was right in there uh, and finishing at the rim as well. So uh, DA has, has, has really developed in that area. I do think he's going to keep those extra shots. When Booker comes back, uh, it, obviously there's only so many shots in a game. Booker's going to get his shots back. Uh, it's really going to be more of a Cam Johnson who's going to lose some of the, shot, the extra shots he's been getting in the, you know, when D, uh, Booker's been out. I do think DA is going to get more shots going forward, but it still will only be 12, 13 field goal attempts a game. Last year was 10. The year before that was 15. So he won't get back to being a primary offense offensive option until like a Chris Paul retires or something like that. But that's okay because we're about winning. We're not about individual players putting up the best stats. We're about winning. Devin Booker's taking less shots per game this year. Chris Paul's taking less shots per game this year. DA's going to get a couple more. Bridges and Cam Johnson, those guys are getting one or two more. Uh, campaign also. Campaign. Uh, how? What percentage? I'm going to throw this out to you guys. This is Dave doing a stat me. And what I thought I was hiding it. Sorry about that. What percentage more shots in terms of percentage is campaign taking this year over last year? PLR, what percentage increase in shots? Let's throw something out there. 
Oh, I think he's frozen. Uh, Zona. Yeah, uh, oh, there uh, 12% more shots. 12% more. What do you think, Zona? Uh, I'll say 20. 50. 50% more shots this year than wow. last year. Last year, he was averaging six. This year, he's averaging nine shots per game. He's the dude who's probably going to lose his shots when when Devin Booker comes back. And DeAndre Ayton has, de- has, ro- has developed into this role as the starter. You guys have noticed campaign's more aggressive this year. He's less interested in passing off. He's more about getting his head down and getting a shot. And that's good for a second unit that needs shooting. Yeah, but 50% more shots than he did a year ago when he was one of the best backup point guards in the league uh, might not be sustainable. So I feel like he's going to he's going to lose a couple of uh, shots a game when, when Booker comes back. He'll be, And it's okay because he's also shooting really low percentage this year. He's shooting under 40% all over the court. All right, man. Uh, okay, so that is the DA topic. Any other comments you guys want to make on DA before we preview the upcoming week? All right, let's preview the upcoming week. I just upcoming think- week, the Suns have – oh, go ahead, Zona. I mean, uh, PLR, what's up? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I just think that more shots anyway as we get more into playoff mode because the game will slow down. So I think they'll yeah. they'll – concentrate more on going to him when the time calls for right now again if it's working it's working but in the playoffs his shots will go up i believe actually i do have one thing to add and it's it's been driving me crazy for years now uh you know i think it's a deep state nba has like an agenda against deandre and with his uh you know blocks i swear oh my god this, this happens like probably once every three games he's missing like a block or two on the stat sheet and I just don't get it. I I've literally, I've rewatched games to make sure I'm not going crazy. Like just looking for those plays. And it's like, he'll have like two or three blocks. Then you look at the stat sheet and he has zero. And I'm just like, what, what is going on here? Like is the server paying off the, the statisticians to like lower his contract value or what? Like what's, I don't know. I, yeah. Cause most of those missing blocks. Are <laughs> yeah. So who his agent, if he has like an extent with his extension coming up, like, don't put blocks as like an incentive because he's not going to get them. It's, it just doesn't make sense. Um, oh, real quick question from the ballers before we preview next week. Is is a healthy Dario better than Thad Young? That's a good question. That is a good question. I think yes. Thad's probably the better player, yes. but I think Dario's better for the Suns, if that makes sense. PLR, you say, Am yeah, I the so only I guy that's not like, yeah, I'm just not this Thad Young guy. I keep hearing his name, and, and I'm, I'm on the opposite side of him. I'm not like, wow, we got – even in a buyout, to be honest with you, if there's a buyout that's going to happen, I think it's going to be for um, – uh, oh, God, I just drew a blank. Who did we sign last year in the trade? We Tory let him Craig. walk this year. Tory Craig. I'd rather bring him back in a buyout. Who knows someone yeah. who knows the system, someone that can do a lot. I'm just not I've seen that young. It feels like he's he's been in the league for 40 years. I just I'm not as sold on him as so many other people are. I'd I would i would rather have Dario back. I'd rather have Tory Craig back. I, I guess if you just have to and bring someone in in a buyout to fill the body because of 
COVID, fine. But I'm not like all hyped up on Thad Young. I'm just I'm 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 not. I'm sorry. Well, the guy can't shoot for anything. He he just cannot shoot. He doesn't even try to shoot, but he's a pretty good passer and he can rebound. He, I think, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think Dario's a better player for the Suns. I think what instead though, and you alluded to it with Torrey Craig, I think definitely the Suns need a bigger wing for the rest of the, if you're going to add another player to the rotation, it's a bigger wing. We talked about this last week, Zona. Zona had a great article up on Brightside about guys to target. Uh, with buyouts or or light trades like the Tory Craig, where it's cash considerations or something like that. Uh, and you pointed out Kenrich Williams is a great target. Uh, he plays right now. Is it OKC he plays for, or is it New yeah. Orleans? He's like the OKC. only positive player on OKC right now. <laughs> yeah, crazy. so it's possible he'll they'll trade him for a future you know second round pick, whatever. Um, it's uh, it's possible we'll get a buyout of Tory Craig or or just a trade period of of Tory Craig and his he signed for two years at ten million so five million a year that's not bad uh, for a Craig for his con- contributions um, definitely I think that's the kind of guy they're going to go after instead of a a Thad Young who can't shoot they're going to go after a guy who's basically can be another Jay Crowder type where he can pick up defensively power forwards or even small centers and can shoot the three and can run the floor and all that. So um, it's funny that we're missing Tory Craig. I think we also have the romantic hangover from the finals too. There's other guys like Tory Craig out there. Uh, that would be great, but that kind of player is what we're, what we're thinking about. All right, let's re- let's preview the next week's games. You have kept you guys for an hour. Thank you so much for having the, you know, staying with us this past hour. We're going to preview the upcoming games. We have four in the next week because we're not, going to be broadcasting on christmas morning uh but we will uh likely if i can get zona um, if he's got availability we might do sunday instead Uh, but definitely the upcoming games this week are to sunday night they host the hornets charlotte hornets and then um they're at the lakers on tuesday then they host the thunder which has that kenridge williams and then saturday on christmas day they host the golden state warriors Zona, how many games do you think the Suns are going to win this week? Um, the Hornets are a winning team. They're getting, they've also got LaMelo Ball back. The Lakers have their guys back. For the most part, they have COVID issues. But um, LeBron's playing. Oh, AD just went down with a knee thing. Um, so maybe they're not going to be as healthy. The Thunder are the Thunder, and then the Warriors are the Warriors. So what do you predict this coming week, Zona? I'm going to go optimistic here. I'm going to say 4-0. I think uh, the Hornets, they're kind of the wild card where if they get hot, they could beat anyone. But, you know, you're at home against them. They're a younger team. Uh, Booker might not be there. So that could be a tough one. But you get past that. I think, you know, the Lakers are the Lakers. And, uh, you know, they're kind of reeling a little bit after, you know, they got hot for a little bit. But now with the Davis injury and getting uh, punked by the Timberwolves, I think the Suns could win that one. Uh, And then OKC should be a – should be an easy win. And then the Christmas day game, that's what everyone's looking forward to. I think Booker will be back and they'll take that. So uh, let's go four now. All right. Four and oh from Zona. What do you think PLR? You, you already didn't want them to have the best record in the NBA by the end of this month. So you must be predicting losses. See, see what I'm saying? Last time we did this, <laughs> you were the negative Nelly, not me. I went four and oh last time. And I and you know what? I'm doing four and zero again. I think they beat the Hornets. The the Lakers. I, you said by January first, 
there's another week of basketball after this week. So <laughs> I, I got them. I, I, I got them going four and zero. They're going to be throwing it. Listen, I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. Anthony Davis will get hurt getting a coke out of the refrigerator. He is hurt again. And let's be honest. Everyone talks about LeBron coming back. LeBron coming back. They only beat three teams with winning records with him playing. Every other team they beat with him playing have been sorry ass teams. Oops, I'm sorry. Sorry about the word. They've been really sorry. Out. We don't care. Teams. So, all right. They've been sorry teams. The Suns are not a sorry team. And to be honest with you, there's something about the Suns playing the Lakers and their attitude is like, we don't want to lose to those guys. So I got them going to LA and beating the Lakers. The Thunder, young. I really like the Giddy Kid. He's he's fantastic. He's fun to watch, but they're just not good. And then again with the Warriors, who will be there? Because they got COVID. But Booker comes back. It's Christmas Day. Stars shine. And one thing about the Suns, I absolutely love. They play big when the lights are the brightest. And that's that's a, a lot of teams don't do that. So I expect them to come up big when the lights are the brightest. So I got another four and oh week this week for the Suns. So I, I'm 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 with you, Zona. Wow. You guys are gonna make me the bad guy again. Uh no, but I don't see any losses. Wrong again. I want that guy. <laughs> I see them. The the Hornets. Uh, they're gonna beat the Hornets. The Lakers are terrible. The Thunder are terrible. And like you say, PLR, uh, the Suns show up biggest on the biggest stage, and they're gonna beat the Warriors as well next week. I, I see the Suns going four and zero this week because I predicted they would have the best record in the NBA by the end of the month, and this week is gonna help solidify that. So they're going four and zero. We're all predicting four and zero. How surprising of a Suns podcast to predict 4-0 week for their Phoenix Suns. Um, all right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us where we can find you, PLR. Uh, where can they find you during the week? During the week, the Cave Show, Monday through Friday. Go to the sportscave.com, the easiest way to get it. Uh, cave is with the K. Hit the Listen Live button at 1 o'clock. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at the, at the Sports Cave. Again, with the K. And if you follow me on Twitter at PLR Sports, I do not always talk uh, sports. So watch yourself. Right now, I'm in a feud with Days of Our Lives. We're running a terrible, terrible program. So you never know who I'm in a feud with on PLR on Sports. I, I like to have fun. All right, Zona, where can we find you? Yeah, you can just find me at Zona Hoops underscore on Twitter. Uh, my work on brightsideofthesun.com and zonahoops.com. And, yeah. All right. Uh, Blaze just posted a comment that he can't watch, although the sun, the show is almost over, because uh, it's his 40th birthday. So let's all wish everybody in the chat, let's all wish Blaze a 40th birthday, a uh, uh, happy birthday for his 40th. Good job, Blaze. Um, enjoy yourself. Watch the show later. Uh, this show obviously will be available um, on YouTube uh, forever and ever. And we'll put the audio version out in a day or two. So you guys can listen if you're if for those folks who aren't here watching right now. Or if you just want to hear the show again, we'll be out on audio form. So you can hear this. You can just listen back on this on Monday so you can catch everything you might have missed. Uh, do that. Get on that audio feed. Subscribe. 
Um, my name is Dave King. You can find me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. I don't do the other socials that much or at all. So uh, just find me on Twitter. You can find my work and Zona's work at brightsideofthesun.com. That's biggest, best Suns only podcast, or not podcast, but blog out there. And uh, we, we do... Uh, we got a great team of writers on brightsideofthesun.com. We cover the team from all the different angles, have a lot of different voices. It's really fun. Uh, I've been doing that for a long, long time. And, of course, come back here and watch us next Sunday, the day after Christmas. We'll talk about what our best Christmas presents were, what our worst Christmas presents were, without calling people out, of course, and uh, what we thought of the Christmas Day game against the Warriors. So we'll see you all next week. Adios, folks.